Hey, I'm Andy. I'm Andy. And you're listening to the HMO Podcast. Over 10 years ago, I set myself the challenge of building my own property portfolio. And what began as a short-term investment plan soon became a long-term commitment to change the way young people live together. I've now built several successful businesses, I've raised millions of pounds of investment, and I've managed thousands of tenants. Join me and some very special guests to discover the tips, tricks, and hacks, the ups and the downs, the best practice, and everything else you need to know to start, scale, and systemize your very own HMO portfolio. Now. So today we've got 19 viewings happening across three of our properties in Manchester. And I thought I'd tell you about why we've got so many viewings. I thought I'd tell you about how we've managed to arrange so many viewings. And while that all sounds great, and we probably will secure all those properties because statistically speaking and from past experience, I know that we're going to let these properties on Friday. Some of them will ultimately drop out. Now, I don't know whether these guys will, but ultimately it is part and parcel of being a HMO landlord, a HMO investor. And at this time of the year for us, when we're securing lots of student lets, it is quite a frustrating point. So I'm going to tell you very briefly what we do when that happens. Don't go anywhere and please enjoy today's episode of the HMO podcast. Hey guys, it's Andy here. We're going to be getting back to the podcast in just a moment. But before we do, I want to tell you very quickly about the HMO Roadmap. Now, if you're serious about replacing your income, or perhaps you've already got a HMO portfolio that you want to scale up, then the HMO Roadmap really is your one-stop shop. Inside the Roadmap, you'll find a full 60-lesson course delivered by me, teaching you how to find more deals, how to fund more deals and raise private finance, how to refurbish great properties, how to fill them with great tenants that stay for longer, and how to manage your properties and tenants for the future. We've also got guest workshops added every single month. We've got new videos added every single week about all sorts of topics. We've got downloadable resources, cheat sheets, and swipe files to help you. We've got case studies from guests and community members who are doing incredible projects that you can learn from. And we've also built an application just for you that allows you to appraise and evaluate your deals, stack them side by side, and track the key metrics that are most important to you. To find out more, head to the hmoroadmap.co.uk now and come and join our incredible community of HMO property investors. So this time of the year for us can be completely mental. When you've got student properties, and particularly when you've got a few and you've got good student properties that people want, that tenants really want to live in, then it can all get a little bit crazy. Now, I've got student properties across several cities, and this really doesn't change much from one city to the next. This time of the year, it can be a stampede. You can just be inundated with inquiries for your properties. Now, that's great. That's what every business owner wants. We want to know that we've got a huge demand for a limited number of products that we can ultimately sell. So don't get me wrong. I love it. It's great. And it's one of the reasons why I absolutely love student properties, because you don't get that same demand. You don't get that same rush in the professional market for a great number of reasons. But in the student market, that is ultimately how it happens. Now, we went live in October, the last week of October, and we actually started letting some of our student properties in the last week of October. Things generally start to pick up through the month of November and into early December, and then students all bugger off, they go home for Christmas. And then things pick up in mid-January, as you'd expect. Now, what we like to do, and what I always love to do, is get as much of the portfolio let before Christmas. I like it. I can put my feet up over Christmas. I can have a few drams. I can eat my heart out. And, you know, I don't need to worry about what we've got to go 
back and do in the new year. Now, that doesn't happen every single year. Sometimes there are some properties, certainly the properties that either were really pushing the rents on or the properties that maybe aren't quite as good, they tend to lag a little bit and get let in January, February, March. But this year, we seem to be on track to get a good chunk of the portfolio let before Christmas. So I'm really, really happy. But managing so many inquiries is actually a massive problem. We've arranged almost 20 viewings for today. My team are running those viewings over in Manchester. And that is literally back-to-back viewings. Bang, 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 bang. To organise that many people and that many slots and organise the tenants in the properties to make sure those properties are cleaned and have all the paperwork and have everything ready and arranged and send out all the reminders, it's a huge body of work. And that's just to actually deliver the viewings. But you've also got to remember that just those 20 viewings probably came from somewhere like 10 times the number of inquiries. There's a very good chance, and I haven't looked at all of the detail, but we've had so many inquiries that we haven't been able to get back to everybody. And ultimately, we can only do so many viewings. It's inefficient of us to book 30, 40, 50, because we know that we're going to let those properties. But quite literally, we get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds into the thousands of clicks on our best student properties. It's great, but it is absolutely mental. Everybody's got questions. They all want to arrange a viewing. They all want a viewing as soon as possible. Often they want a viewing after university, out of hours. And we've got to accommodate this as much as possible. But at the same time, we've got to remain super efficient because actually this is a big cost on the business. Really what we want to do is approach it like a a needle to the heart. We want to be so specific and accurate. We want to vet these groups first. We want to make sure that they're suitable before they come in the house. We don't want to be doing that afterwards. We want them to know that actually there's a lot of people interested in the property and if they do want it, they're going to have to act pretty fast. Now, it's not a hard sell and we want everybody to be happy and we really do want them to have a good look around the property, really feel it out and make sure it's right for them. But at the same time, we've got a lot of considerations in the business and things move very, very quickly. So we need to get them tenants in, we need to get them viewing the property, we need to get them signed up quickly and then we need to move on and get on with running the rest of the business. The problem is... Managing all of this takes so much time. So I'm going to give you a quick idea, a quick brief as to how we do it. So ultimately, we rely on some of the bigger platforms. Now, historically, we've always used Rightmove to let a lot of our student properties. The problem with Rightmove is it's very, very expensive, particularly if you want to start boosting properties and making them featured. This year, we actually moved over to something called Unihomes. It's a company and actually their USP, if you like, is actually around their service that they offer for utilities. That is actually why we've gone with them, but they happen to have a really great platform for advertising the student properties as well. So we've been able to double down. We've been able to look at a utility plan with them for ongoing years. And actually at the same time, they've been able to let them and generate tons and tons of inquiries. That's really good for us. And this year it's better because it's just a bit easier to manage inquiries all coming from one place. Previously, we had them on a few different websites, including Brightmove. And when they come in from different places, often you get the same groups applying through different portals and you get inquiries coming in in a different way, and it's all a little bit more difficult to manage. But this year, we've really driven a lot of efficiency through, and we've been able to do it like that. But this takes so much time. It's difficult to comprehend just how much time this takes. Rob and Amy, my fantastic portfolio managers, it's their responsibility to handle every single one of these inquiries. Everybody who's interested in the property needs to be contacted. They get a text message, phone call, booked in, electronic calendar, an automation sent, then they get a reminder on the day of the viewing. We've got to notify the existing tenants, let them know that we're coming and make sure the property's clean and tidy. It's a huge body of work and it takes everybody pretty much out of what they would normally be doing. 
admin, other bits and pieces. So it can be quite a stressful time of the year. But that's ultimately what's going on, why we've got so many viewings booked and how we manage that process. I suppose it is kind of quite a simple, simple process, but it's just a lot of a lot of labour, a lot of manual work goes into just making sure all of this happens. There are lots of automations you can put in place and you can remove certain things, but actually the risk is if you don't vet people, you end up with empty viewing slots and that can really be quite a costly exercise as well. So anyway, at the minute we're dealing with literally hundreds, thousands of inquiries, um, clicks on the properties and inquiries and booking tons and tons and tons of viewing. Hopefully these ones get let today. Now, Assuming they do, we will immediately give them, what will happen is if they like the property, they will let us know and we'll give them what's called the next steps. The next steps has all the information they need to secure the property. They've got to get their holding deposit down and that holding deposit ultimately becomes their permanent deposit. And that takes the property off the market and it reserves and a part of that is a non-refundable fee. Now, we like to get that deposit in from every single tenant immediately and that's when we take it off the market. And we're really clear with everybody and this is my advice to you. If you're going to do this, you're letting student properties or even professional lets, don't take your rooms, don't take your properties off the market until you've secured that full deposit. Because so often people change their mind. This happens, I would say, at least 10% of the time for us. And if we dally about for a week while this group try and get the deposit together and then ultimately it falls through, we've lost that week. We're back on the market. We've got to arrange another set of viewings, another block viewings. And at the same time, We can't stop the pace at which all of these inquiries are coming through. It's a stampede. It's a tidal wave. You've got to deal with them as and when they come through. So if you take a property off the market, you really do take yourself out of the game. You've got to be confident that if your group falls through, then you're going to be able to get another group further down the line. But we don't want to do that. So you've got to be super clear and we give them very clear and accurate information and we do it in the form of what's called the next steps to get the deposits in. Hopefully once the deposit's in, we start to get all the information over to them and they actually proceed to signing their tenancy agreement. That process takes, ooh, well, we'd like to do it in a week, but ultimately we need information from our tenants. We need ID, we need guarantor information. So it kind of depends on how long they take to do that. We do say that if we don't have it within 14 days, we'll put the property back on the market and they risk losing their deposit. But ultimately we've got to be lenient. There's a lot of practicality involved here and we've got to be sensible about it. And actually Doing that often would be just shooting ourselves in the foot. Students, on the whole, are not the most organised customer. It takes them a bit of time and sometimes you are chasing stuff. And again, that's a big part of the process for my staff. But sometimes, even after they've put their deposit down, they drop out. At that point, we give them their deposits back with the exception of their non-refundable component. We keep that. That's what we've told them would happen. That is almost the deterrent for this happening. We want people to take it seriously. If they want to secure a property, you've got to put money down against it and we want you to take it seriously. Sometimes they still, you know, maybe the group fall out, maybe they see something else and they want to go for a different property. We give them it all back and we keep that non-refundable component. But ultimately at that point, we've got to put it back on the market. Now, it's tough to completely eliminate the risk of this happening entirely, but What I do to make sure to reduce the risk of it happening is insist that my team really, really, really do chase and prod and poke tenants to get this information over, to keep that dialogue open, to keep that communication. Usually if something's going on, if a group aren't too sure or they're procrastinating or stalling, you know pretty quickly, but you've got to be having that conversation. You've got to be talking to them. If you just send them the information and expect that they're going to fill it in in their own time and get it back 
when you want it, there's a very good chance that a good portion of your lets are going to fall out of bed. And that is when things get really costly. We could have everything lined up before Christmas, but actually if 10% of our contracts fall through, we've got to do all of that again in the new year. And we've lost all of that good work we've done. The non-refundable component we keep doesn't even cover the cost. It doesn't cover the cost of turning up and doing the viewings and sending out all the comms and paying the staff. So we've really got to make sure that we secure everybody. But that's what happens. It's a whirlwind. It is a bonkers time of the year. I love it. It's exciting. I get a bit of a buzz. Sometimes I go and I get involved and try and help let some of the properties and I really enjoy it. I enjoy showing people around. So fingers crossed, we do well today. My team get all of these properties let in Manchester and then we don't have to arrange any more there. We've got more in the property to do before Christmas, so we've still got plenty of work to do yet, but hopefully that gives you a bit of insight as to how we run it. I bet you thought it was all plain sailing, nice and smooth, dead calm. Oh no. Those legs kicking underwater like you would not believe. But that is one of the great bits about student property and being able to arrange 19 viewings in one sitting. Again, that is just why I love student property because you get this sort of demand. There's not many business models where you can have that sort of demand from your customer. Anyway, there we go. I'll let you know. I'll keep you updated. That's it for today's episode of the HMO podcast. Don't forget, I'm on hand over in the HMO community. Come and join me and the rest of our members. It's our free Facebook groups. If you've got questions, if you're looking for guidance and support on anything at all, then come on over and get involved. We're having some great conversations. And if you could spare just 30 seconds to leave a really quick review of the podcast, I would appreciate it so, so much. It helps so much. It helps continue to bring great guests on the show, which I know you guys absolutely love. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll be right back here next time. So join me then for another installment of the HMO podcast.